Welcome to the Australian Chiropractors Association podcast. The ACA is the peak body representing chiropractors in Australia. Hosted by Dr. Anthony Coxon, these podcasts explore the science, art, philosophy, and politics of chiropractic, as well as reviewing the latest research and discussing how chiropractors can strive for excellence in practice. Welcome to the Australian Chiropractors Association podcast. I'm your podcast host, Anthony Coxon. The Women in Chiropractic Group will be holding the next seminar on the 6th of May in Adelaide, and the theme is Behavioral Strategies and Tailored Communications. Headlining the program will be psychologist Sarah Howard. Uh, The title of her presentation is Don't Be Left Speechless, where she will address how to navigate undesirable behaviors and challenging conversations. Part two of the program, though, will feature three of Australia's top chiropractors, Drs. Paula Stacey, Olivia Gleeson, and Alison Young. They'll be covering a range of communication strategies and tips for running a family-based practice, and I'm delighted to have all three of them on the podcast today. Before we get into our chat, though, uh, a little bit about Paula, first of all. She's a 1997 Macquarie Uni graduate and has a pediatric and wellness-based practice in Adelaide. She was Chiropractor of the Year in 2006 for her work on the Healthy Spines Project and holds Graduate Certificate in Health Promotion. Of course, Paula is also the current Chair of WIC. Olivia has been in practice for 24 years uh, and her love of learning has seen her engage in numerous postgraduate studies, including uh, the two-year diplomat in chiropractic neurodevelopmental paediatrics. She's also former Chair of the ACA Pediatric Clinical Practice Group. And Alison is a 2002 graduate from RMIT. She practiced with her best mate, Olivia, in Perth for eight years, over which time she completed a master's in chiropractic pediatrics. For our regular ACA podcast listeners, you may recall a podcast that featured Ellie talking about her great book, Work Mama Life. Hi, Paula, Olivia, and Ellie, and welcome to the ACA podcast. Hi, Hi Anthony. Anthony. Thanks, Thanks for having us. <laughs> we sound like Charlie's Angels. Yeah, I, I, of course. Yeah. Maybe we are oh, in yes. disguise. Does that, does that make me be Bosley or Charlie, I wonder? I okay. <laughs> we'll let you be Charlie. So, oh, yeah, I think Charlie would be cooler. Thank you very much. Um, Paula, first to you, um, what's the format of the seminar? I understand that it's in Adelaide and obviously people are just getting back to uh, attending these kind of events after the various lockdowns all across the country. Indeed. Well, to be honest, Anthony, we are hoping to make a bit of history. And if I could explain that by saying back in the time before COVID, otherwise known as 2019, um, the WIC committee at the time um, made a goal and made a decision to have an annual WIC event. And um, that was to be a coming together of women for learning on camaraderie and support. And of course, after numerous false starts due to a certain virus, um, finally, we are here at this point. So it is an in-person event. Um, and we are really delighted and very excited to um, make it the very first WIC event. And we hope that this will seed a tradition from this point forward. Yeah, the, it's all about communication, uh, obviously. And one of the things that I felt found were very interesting was you're going into gender diversity. Uh, and I suspect this is a, an area that's rapidly changing and many people out there are very confused about what pronouns to use and when to use them. Um, can you give us a little bit of insight about your role um, in this part of the presentation? 
Um, well, I suppose we would be drawing on our own personal experience in clinic and um, we uh, collectively have a number of different gender diverse clients. And what we have noticed is that we need to make sure that we are treating them with as much respect, um, no matter where they are on the gender spectrum. And you know what, a lot of that is a learning for many people and getting your language right is absolutely essential. And, mm. you know, the old saying of sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I don't think that holds water anymore. Words okay. can hurt as much as words can heal. And when you are trying to be respectful of the people in front of you, getting your language right is actually a really respectful way of demonstrating that. Now, with the topic of gender diversity and getting pronouns correct, um, I know that I don't get it right all the time. I certainly have people around me that remind me of that and are so um, uh, trained in, in grammar in a certain way to change our language is actually quite challenging, but it does take some forethought and thinking about the other person's perspective. So um, I think if we can improve ourselves as practitioners, we then open ourselves up to being more uh, a welcoming practitioner for anyone and that shouldn't, no matter where they are on the gender diverse spectrum, they should feel that they are safe and they can be treated with respect. I think by the nature, many chiropractors, you know, are very comfortable and very, uh, I guess, desiring of being as inclusive as they possibly can. And sometimes it's just that lack of information or experience and really understanding how to communicate in the most Definitely. appropriate way. So often we don't realize what we don't know, or we may be well-intended and something comes out and we don't realize it's it possibly could be offenses to someone. So we can't pretend to know everything all the time. Sometimes we just got to sit back learn or be corrected and that might be uncomfortable sometimes i know i've experienced that but it certainly lodges in your brain and you make a real effort to do the best you can to get it right as often as possible fantastic uh olivia over to you uh, what are some of the most important practice procedures that you've put in place do you think to to form the type of family practice that you have procedure wise i think um, before procedures even, it comes down to the people, so the team, yeah. so your chiropractors and your CAs and very much having a clear vision together to know who is it that you serve, how do you want to serve and how are you going to meet the families that are coming to you for their care. Um, very importantly is having your CAs enrolled and we would love to have CAs come along to the Adelaide workshop. Um, it's vital information that will really empower them to help the chiropractors take that family practice to the next level. Um, having your CAs know how to support parents and kids in your practice. Um, some people are naturally gifted at that. They will see a mum struggling with a crying baby and they'll offer, would you like me to hold your bub? They see a mum trying to get into the change room. Can I help you? Can I open that door? Having a change room in your practice that has extra nappies and wipes and all the extra stuff that maybe they left in the car and they just don't have the energy to get back out there and collect. Yeah. Um, definitely having your space set up to accommodate and welcome and make it a fun experience for the family. If you have great play areas and good toys and at the end of the visit, there's a sticker right at the front desk on the way out to help mum get them out the door because sometimes they like playing so much they don't want to leave. <laughs> 
Um, it's all of those nuts and bolts, things that are little, sometimes one percenters or five percenters. Um, and we'll have a great resource for the attendees at the seminar to take away with a heap of bullet points that they can put into practice on Monday that are going to help them with those procedural things um, and that upskilling in regard to what resources can they access that will help them take their practice to that next level. And it's never a finished product. It's never a done deal. Um, we're always changing and evolving based on feedback uh, in our practice as well. So just to understand the CAs and the chiropractors that work in your practice, are most of them parents in themselves? I'm, the reason I ask that question is I know for myself, I really came into my own as a and I don't claim at all to be a pediatric chiropractor, became very comfortable working with children when I started, to, when I had children. And in fact, it's yeah. interesting how my, my practices uh, become older as my kids have become older. Um, do, do you find it the training people who haven't had children is more difficult than those that have? I would agree with what you've said about your own experience. And I think for me, um, coming into my own as a parent, as a parent rather, um, took me to a space where I think I was able to hold less judgment because once you're a parent yourself, you know that best mm. laid plans. Yeah. Um, and I was able to perhaps empathise a little bit more or share my experience with other parents a little bit more. But having said that, um, I've had many associates and many CAs who have not yet had children or had even chosen a path of not having children and that was an active choice. But when we can get on the same page in regard to how do we make a parent feel supported in our practice? How do we um, speak directly to kids, not above kids? How do yeah. we um, make sure that that the experience is supportive and fun? So, yes, I agree. On some levels, there's a different experience for us as practitioners once we have our own kids. I certainly don't think, well, I know a lot of amazing chiropractors who are either yet to have kids or have chosen not to have kids who are also amazing family chiropractors. Um, and also this seminar certainly isn't the specific like niche PED only practice. It's about creating more of a family practice. Yeah, Generational um, in a way. And generational and looking at all those different ages and stages of life. Well, I did One notice... Of the Sorry, if I could just further comment, not Go to be it. rude and interrupt, but one of the things that um, the three of us had discussed is acknowledging that you know, we might, each may have a special interest in PEDS to, a, to various degrees, but the majority of many chiropractors' practices are not necessarily niche practices. Mm. Many of them are general family practices. And of course, there are people from different ages and stages. So what's really important for the audience to understand is that we're not just focusing on pediatrics in this practice, but there's some absolutely beautiful advice and guidance that's going to come from that. We're looking at our older generation. We're looking at our youth. We're looking at our teenagers. We're looking at people smack bang in the middle. So there is something for everyone, no matter what kind of practice you end up having. Yes. And I guess um, for, for most people graduating from uh, chiropractic, they would have had, ex they'd probably feel more comfortable having adjusted a whole bunch of students through their time to be adjusting the older children rather than the younger children. So I guess we've got to address that education right across all those spans. But I suppose that the tougher one for imagined graduating chiropractors to get into is the younger kids. And Ali, I know you're going to be talking a lot 
about um, how to build confidence with parents who've gone through trauma and those sorts of things. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, I think it's a twofold thing. Um, like you were just speaking about with Olivia, I went through a birth trauma that I didn't expect to go through because as a health practitioner, you just assume that, oh, I've done everything right, so it's going to be great. And, you know, I think in our practices, we associate a lot of our clientele, if we're working with them during pregnancy, that that's the sort of outcome they would love, that beautiful natural birth scenario, and we're there to support them. But then we're very rarely given the tools to have calm, confident, certain, direct and empathic conversations with women and their partners in that post-birth trauma space. And it's something that in my community where I live at the moment, we're experiencing in a greater rate because we've lost our local maternity department. So people are having to travel for hours either in labour or be separated from their other children. So we're getting a lot of practice in that space of conversation at the moment. And I and it has really highlighted to me the lens with which we view that interaction is vital in the comfortability of that parent and that caregiver in coming back into our space once they've gone through that experience, that it's not going to be a space of judgment if things haven't gone how we all would have loved it to have gone, but we are here to support you as best as we can and what that looks like. And the different things that in a family practice, we may need to help them feel physically comfortable and then how to relate to them as well. And also the newborn infant who may have gone through a traumatic experience too. So, uh, and obviously this is what I, I found the challenge with um, having a practice that had a whole lot of younger kids running around and you've got it all set up, you've got the toys all there and, and so forth. And then there's a certain clientele, I guess, a little bit older who probably are a little bit less tolerant of having young kids in the practice. How do, how do you manage that and have a more of a broad, I guess, from cradle to grave type of practice? Yeah, it's interesting. We um, we have certain patients that we know really don't tolerate noise well. And we have certain families that when, because it's a smaller community, when their kids get together in the front room, it is chaotic. And yeah. so, you know, that's where the CA's role is so important. And that's why having the CA's on board with what we're, hoping to achieve in bringing that comfortability and that certainty and confidence to a family practice because they go, these guys need to be different to these guys. And we generally, I know Thursday mornings is my newborn baby's morning, but then it's also when we get a lot of the grandmas in whose families don't live there because they love to just sit there and have that beautiful time. And those mums will more than happily share their newborn with a grandma sitting in the waiting room. So it's about learning how to navigate that as well and yeah. what that looks like without it being a well you should give your child to the grandparent like how do we open up that beautiful conversation door and also make your practice inviting in a way that allows that to be an open conversation we try mm -hmm. to discourage people looking at their phones but we don't have signs up that say no phones allowed in here it's about empowering CAs about how to make conversation out the front that's relevant to their to the people that are presenting to them and without nattering on for 20 minutes on something that is like the weather. We don't want that either. So it's a skill set about navigating and reading the room, using that beautiful, intuitive, innate voice that we've got. 
I'm so sure all of our all of our CAs could do with more exposure, more training to language and communication and psychology. You know, hopefully we choose CAs who uh, naturally fit with the culture of our practice. But in, in real practice life as a business owner, you get pretty busy. So sometimes mm. uh, CAs don't always get that crossover. So, you know, this seminar presents as an absolutely beautiful opportunity to spend a day with the couple of people on your team as, as well as, uh, you know, a room full of women in a safe place. Um, to to do that and something I wanted to say earlier about the you know having a, a an in-person seminar one of the things that sort of happened over the years that I've been in WIC at national level and that's for seven years is I know the conversations that have come through inquiries that have come through to the committee or to regional members and there are some difficult or some challenging things that arise quite unexpectedly in the course of practice so to sort of learn some of these things we really need to be um, with each other in a room discussing the pros and the cons and learning strategies. And that sometimes requires us to be perhaps a little bit vulnerable. So that wouldn't be something that we'd want to have in a recorded setting. So that's why we haven't offered yes. it in, in a hybrid measure for this particular uh, seminar, um, because we want to respect that it's got to be a safe place. And sometimes the biggest breakthroughs can come through in that safe place. So um, I know the girls would also agree with me that we really want people to have an experience and have a really good memory of coming to this seminar, that it might have been a turning point if your team is there with you as well I've I've experienced something like this before in the past and it really was quite a, a cultural fabulous change in my practice and we just went to the next level yeah I'd agree with that as well um, Paula um, going over to the east coast from Perth um, with my team to group seminars has been one of the best ways to just really get cohesiveness and synergy and excitement and enthusiasm of the team um, on a common focus, which I think is like fabulous. The other thing I wanted to pick up on that you brought up earlier, Anthony, uh, from your own experience in practice, that when you went to a different stage of life, you found that you're a little bit more confident with um, some of the children in the practice. The other thing that I would say I've noticed, um, and I've been in practice over 25 years now, is that I'm, I'm blessed to have a number of people like many chiropractors who have stayed with me for many, many years. And those people are getting older and they might have been in their 50s when I met them and now they're in their 70s. Mm. And so their needs have changed. So part of the discussion is how do we cater to our older older um, chiropractic patients as their needs change, um, their medical situation might change, their mobility might change, even though they've been having chiropractic for many years. Um, and we need to be considerate of them and you know what might used to work for them at a certain time slot, maybe their lifestyle has changed and they need different different times or different treatments uh, when they come in and um, and the CAs might need to support that. Mm, yes, that, that's a great point. I, I've had a similar experience. And one of the things that I've found, I won't say challenging, but it's but certainly something that had to be addressed was sometimes like with aging, the, the style of adjusting needs to change too. And the conversation that you might, well, that, that adjustment that you used to really love just doesn't work so well anymore because of whatever that um, reason might be, whether it's degenerative stuff, osteoporosis, or just the aging process. So do, do you find that, have you had that, those kind of, and I've always, I guess, a little bit aware that I have to have that as a fairly gentle conversation with them as well, because it's, and it's maybe something we just laugh off because I'm getting old, just like they're getting old as well. Uh, yes, indeed. I, I am um, brings to mind actually, lady. I was probably going to talk about um, Paquita, um, who sadly has passed now. She uh, she did pass from COVID, but um, she um, had been coming to me for probably twenty years, and so she was in her eighties. Um, in fact, she's one of my poster childs in my practice. 
And um, as COVID approached, um, before COVID approached, she'd actually broken a hip and we didn't see her for a few months, but she was that damn independent. She wouldn't allow us to have emergency contact. Someone eventually contacted us and said, look, she's broken a hip. She's been in rehab. You'll see her soon. So she turns up. We had a conversation about what had happened, what her needs were. And I said, right, well, we're just going to have to be a little bit more careful with you with what's going on. And after the third visit, she looked at me and she goes, Paul, are you going to bloody well adjust me properly now? And so I had to have that conversation about your body's changed. I need to adapt what I'm doing. Um, yes. And the sad thing was, as we stepped into COVID and we weren't allowed to touch and we were masking up, I remember her coming. She said, but, you know, my hairdresser and my chiropractor is my essential service. I will be coming. And this last day that she came, um, I said to her, it's so good to see you. I have to do this, this and this. I'm sorry, I've got to wear blah, blah, blah. You're immunosuppressed as well. So I need to change these things. She went, oh, all right, Paula. She laid down. And I would always finish every adjustment with her over the last 20 years with a hug because she lived by herself and I was one of the few people who interacted and touched her. I couldn't hug her on that day. And mm. unbeknownst to me, that was her last visit oh, because she had a respiratory condition and she caught COVID and she passed away. Mm. So uh, there's just so many layers in that story and some of those will visit in, in the seminar. It certainly sounds like this is very much an experiential kind of a, event that you're putting on and I can understand completely while it's why it's not just a some information you get in a booklet or, or by chiming in uh online uh Olivia can I ask you you've obviously very uh adept at uh dealing with pediatric children um how I'm assuming your practice though is right like full span you're, you're seeing adults and older people as well Yes, I see the whole lifespan. Um, I do have a special interest in pregnancy and paediatrics, but I do love my older practice as well. And we were also um, running a intergenerational playgroup just as an extra fun thing that we decided to do in practice, which was um, just something we put out there. And again, like Ali was talking about, where grandparents who didn't have family or support or conversation could come and hang out and parents with young kids who maybe didn't have a lot of local community could come and hang out and would put on a fruit platter and a cup of tea and everyone could hang out together. Um, and that was a beautiful thing to do too. So this isn't just people turning up for their adjustments at a certain time. This is actually an event and you can just come and hang out What you're talking about. Correct. It was in our lunch break. So it was outside of adjusting time. So we could, we could actually also just sit and have a cuppa and have a chat. How fantastic. I think, isn't it the ABC who run a, um, ran some yeah, documentary? That kindergarten. Yes. That, that's yeah. what inspired it. Yeah. Yeah. That is it's wonderful. just a beautiful example of uh, the sense of chiropractic community that you actually do have the opportunity to create in your practices. And I suppose we've all experienced that in the various years of practice. And, um, you know, it, that's why it's nice to go to work because you've got a lovely community that you're looking after and interact in this. Absolutely. Advantage. Yeah. And in answer to your question as well, Anthony, um, yes, I work across the age span. And I think, as you were saying, when you are heavily invested in a certain area, your practice tends to grow in that area. So um, my boys are now 15, almost 16. So I'm getting heaps of sporty teens. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, my, mine are now in their twenties, so so I think my pediatric practice is uh, is, is shrinking somewhat. But anyway, <laughs> it's, it's it's fun at all at all levels. Now, I'm not sure um, who to ask this question of, but I, I just wanted to get a bit more information about Sarah Howard, who's the psychologist who'll be uh, attending the event and one of the keynote speakers as well. I'm assuming that she's connected to one of the three of you. 
Uh, yes, she, she's connected to me indirectly. I have been uh, looking after a beautiful client and her family for many years, Kerry. And um, Kerry is an organisational psychologist. And, and this idea of this seminar was hatched about a year ago. Um, and we weren't able to run it in the end. And um, Kerry in the end wasn't able to participate. And she put me on to Sarah, who um, did similar stuff in the field. Um, and I got a chance to talk to Sarah earlier this year and see whether she'd be interested in, in helping us with this. Um, and as it turns out, she uh, she did study in Adelaide and she did Bachelor of Health Science. And she was initially keen to become a chiropractor. Um, but she ended up going down the psychology um the psychology role and she um, is a user of chiropractic so you know has some experience in that and when I talked to her about the kind of um, questions and challenges that sometimes came across practice life and trying to find the language and improve our communication skills um, she felt that she was going to be able to offer a presentation to us and that's uh, in the morning to help us uh, learn some of those skills and so it will be done as a death by PowerPoint it's certainly there'll be discussion she'll introduce some theory we'll have some role-playing scenarios based on real scenarios that have happened um, and come across the WIC community and the regional managers' um, questions um, and have a chance to actually work through that. So you get to try it on. The thought being is if one of those scenarios happens to you or comes across and it's unexpected, you go, oh, in the back of your head, I remember they said try this, this and this. And so you feel like you've just got a couple of strategies up your sleeve so you're actually not left speechless or wishing you'd done it differently or wishing for a different outcome because you didn't know what to say. Fantastic. Well, look, um, it does sound like it's going to be a, a great event. Maybe just in wrapping up, I can eat, ask you each individually, um, maybe a, throw out a little pearl of wisdom, a little uh, a little something to whet the appetite for those who might be attending. Um, perhaps I'll start with you first of all, Ali. Yeah, look, for me, I really want to help support women in chiropractic to understand that being a chiropractor allows them to experience life in a way that they could never have imagined and doing that with other women chiropractors around you is even better and that even more than that if by going to places like this and coming to our seminar we hopefully can help support them to create a business that supports the life that they want to lead rather than getting caught in that rat race of a life that supports their business. And I think that that's where we get a lot of these problems with our women chiropractors because they feel like they're stuck. And mm. I really want to help get them unstuck again. I'm looking forward to it. Fantastic. Olivia? One thing we haven't touched on is that we will also be having a panel discussion. And we also have the fabulous Angela Todd jumping on the panel with us, as well as a couple of other people. Right. Um, and it's going to be a really awesome space to ask any questions. And we will, I'm thinking, offer an anonymous write your question down sort of scenario as well. Um, but it's going to be a really amazing space to just actually connect and hang out with other women in chiropractic because it is it is something that we need to be able to ask for support it is a space where we can um and and it's not a we're going to download information into you at this seminar we are going to share a lot of pearls we're going to have massive amounts of resources we can share with you to follow up where do you go to upskill in um language around 
gender diversity? Where do you go in relation to um, racial conversations? We're going to have information around um, language for neurodiversity, which we haven't touched on. Um, I have many people come into the practice with all sorts of different needs and the way we meet them as well, if we're using language that supports them and that creates a safe space. If people feel safe, they can relax, they can heal. And creating safety for our attendees is going to be one of the big focuses. But for us as chiropractors and CAs and women in chiropractic, upskilling and how do we create a space that is safe for the people that come to us for care, that's what I'm excited to, to bring and to work on together. That sounds fantastic. All right, Paula, over to you for the final word. Well, I think first and foremost, the ability to create a sense of community person has somewhat been lost in recent years. And we really connect with that, you know. Chiropractors are not a hybrid over the line people. We touch people. We're with people, you know. It's hearts, spines, minds, hands. That's all connected. The other thing I'd like to say is in my years growing up in chiropractic, you know, many practice seminars, practice management seminars and it very focused on success and numbers and efficiency. And I was talking about this with one of my uh, chiropractic students recently. And I said, look, you know, it's all very fine to have goals and numbers, but what kind of chiropractor do you want to be? What kind of memory and legacy do you want to leave as you, that chiropractor in that community? What do you want to be known for? You know, people will remember how you made them feel safe, healthier, you know, I know what I want to be able to achieve. So putting aside all the statistics and, you know, numbers and all that sort of stuff, let's talk about the real heart-centred stuff and hand-centred stuff that happens in practice that makes you have a reputation in the community that is enviable and a very proud representation of the Australian Chiropractors Association. Well, that's uh, great words from all three of you to finish there. I think it's going to be a fantastic uh, seminar, no doubt about it. Um, if you have an opportunity to get into onto Adelaide uh, on the 6th of May, do attend and you'll be hearing from these three wonderful women and also get some great advice from a, a highly skilled and experienced psychologist. Um, thanks so much, um, Olivia. Thanks so much, Ali. Thanks so much, Paula, for, for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you, Charlie. Thanks. <laughs> thank you <laughs> this is the first time we've done so many people and the, the three girls and me oh well that's that's great love it all right thanks and well done to all of you for all that you do for the profession um it's going to be a great seminar for sure well that's it for me thanks for listening i hope this podcast has been helpful in your quest for excellence and I look forward to chatting with you again on our next aca podcast <laughs>